Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for November the 9th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is one hour, one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. As you know, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you also know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Normally, we do our recap of the previous day's show. We'll skip that, get to that a little later. Now we got an incredible guest. We mentioned to you last week or maybe the week before. I can't remember. Time just flies when you're having fun advocating for the sacred cause of liberty. Nevertheless, uh, we talked about the 8th through the 11th. An incredible event will be happening. Well, it's already started, ladies and gentlemen. The kickoff was yesterday. Today, it continues right on through the 11th. Hundreds of thousands to go on strike. A four-day nationwide strike to protest over vaccine mandates. Believe it or not, the Epic Times now wrote an article about it. Incredible detail in the Epic Times article. Other news organizations are trying to ignore it. Good luck with that. Lee Dundas with me now to talk about it. Well-known attorney at law. She's with citizensrights.org. Uh, citizens-rights.org is what it is. And, Lee, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live once again. Uh, thank you for having me, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here as always. You're very welcome. Let's talk about what you're doing because you're at the, uh, I don't know, I don't like to use the term tip of the spear, but you're at the center of the great news, right? <laughs> I guess it, it all depends on, you know, your point of view. Either I'm famous or infamous, center of the hurricane or center of, uh, you know, the uh, the freedom fight. But call it what you will, um, this is absolutely indisputable. Uh, things are changing here in America, and they're changing for the better, and I am happy to be a part of whatever people want to call that. Right now, you're down in California. I know that there are, um, I don't know what you want to call them, breakouts, meetups, walkouts, really all over the country, right? Yeah, that is right. Um, the light of liberty, you know, she, she's a hard thing to extinguish, and I think the good Americans from coast to coast aren't planning on letting that happen anytime soon. So uh, if people call me the organizer of this nationwide walkout, that's really, um, you know, an ambitious description. All I was doing was taking uh, my cues from the, from the boys and girls who were leading the charge. Uh, Blue-collar workers in the main initially, but they were rapidly joined over the recent days by white-collar workers who were to a man and a woman singing the same song, beating the same drum, saying, we're not doing this anymore. You are not going to con- make our job contingent on a vaccine mandate, on a poison shot. Um, I mean, my gosh, it's all over the news in California. I think nationwide, as of yesterday, people are like, hey, where's Gruesome Newsom, the Cali governor? He hasn't been seen in days. And uh, the rumor rumor has it, and we're getting leaks out of the Capitol, not me in per, you know, particular, but friends of mine saying, yeah, he, he went down. With the, with the second jab. Of course, he also mixed the jabs. He mixed, I guess, Pfizer and Moderna. And, you know, you got to scratch your head and look at that and go, dude, weren't you ever in college? Didn't they teach you then not to mix?
mix your stuff. <laughs> don't mix your alcohol. If you're going to do hard stuff, don't mix it up. And, man, that, that kill shot is very hard stuff indeed. So uh, uh, the work apparently the blue-collar workers in California are smarter than our governor, but that's not news to anybody living in, in California right now. <laughs> so am I just wondering where the heck Governor Newsom is? Is that what we're still wondering? Uh, yeah, I mean, that started going like wildfire, at least around social media, and uh, the people I know who, like I said, are are insiders up in NorCal, and they're like, yeah, he hasn't been seen in a long time since right after his shot. He can canceled a bunch of trips. He was supposed to be in Scotland. He was supposed to be, you know, rubbing knees with all the movers and shakers on his side of the fence on all the progressive issues, and it's just been crickets. Uh, apparently... Uh, I don't know, Children's Health Defense, Bobby Kennedy's group was reporting that they had a whistleblower saying he, at a minimum, he had Guillain-Barre syndrome, which will make you look a little weird on camera. Of course, he does anyway, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but a lot or, of people were... it could were... just be a severe case of Bell's palsy, because I know that the coronavirus vaccines, the bioweapon, is giving people Bell's palsy also. So hopefully it's oh, a yeah. little milder like Bell's palsy. The problem is you still can't go on camera. Because your facial no, droop and it'll be all one-sided and everything else, right? Well, exactly. And, uh, I, you know, I mean, that, that sort of – they're a very one-sided sort of group up there. Um, so to have the face match the message wouldn't be such a bad thing. And it would, I think, start waking people up if you had our, uh, you know, ostensible leaders in, in, in this nation, the governors of big states, you know, say, oh, yeah, this job is so great. There's pictures of me rolling up my shirt sleeve to get it. And, you know, the next day I can't talk or, you know, or, or potentially walk. I mean, Bell's palsy is usually considered to be Facial, partial facial paralysis, but Guillain-Barre can be substantially more severe and affect the whole body. And um, you, you don't want to mess around with that paralytic, any of those partial paralytic conditions, uh, because they can progress and turn into worse things. But, you know, again, I think a lot of your listeners understand that. Certainly the people that follow me understand that. Um, and, and, and honestly, our governor should as well, because uh, at least one of his children, I understand, uh, is vaccine injured. So, so that guy knew better. And uh, I was just shaking my head going, wow, man, if, if I were going to be posing for the left, at least I'd be getting a placebo. But apparently uh, he was too dumb to do that, and now he's paying the price. And couldn't have happened to a nicer guy are the comments that I'm seeing on social media. I don't wish ill on anybody, but I also am not going to be crying when you end up laying in the, in the bed that you made. So... There you have it, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be part of what's going on, text the word freedom to 53445, 53445, and you can get updates on what's going on. The reason that uh, we kind of mentioned this situation with the good, do I dare say good? <laughs> where, where the heck's <laughs> Gavin, governor? Because I'm kind of saying, you know what? The timing of this is very, very strange. When we have a big walkout, when we're drawing attention to this in the state of California, when he takes the jab, disappears, it's very um, coincidental, to say the least. Um, very yeah. interesting. Now, in addition to this, though, Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva announced that he would not enforce the county's vaccine mandate for county employees. He just simply says it'll be devastating, and he's not doing it. Um that ought to have a big impact on the walkout too, right? 
Yeah, I mean, basically, you've got you've got employers, whether they're governmental agencies or, or local agencies like sheriffs or in private industry, really between a rock and a hard place, as well they should be right now. I mean, they shouldn't be. We should be living in a free society. But since we're not, you know, either they can do the administration's bidding and uh, and mandate that which should not be able to be mandated because it is inherently unconstitutional as well as being unconscionable and immoral. But, you know, they're going to mandate and uh, they're going to have their employees walk out. And if they're a for-profit entity, that's going to hurt them in the bottom line in the pocketbook. Um, but also if you're, you know, an entity that's charged with keeping peace in a time of chaos, uh, that's really going to impact your ability to actually do that when you don't have the manpower. And let me tell you, I wouldn't want to be in any big city right now, especially a blue-leaning city, uh, charged with protecting lives and not having enough bodies to actually make sure that gets done. And that's what a lot of these law enforcement and sheriff's departments are facing. So the smart guys and or the ones who give a darn about our Constitution are just looking up and saying, you can move your mouth all you want from the top on down, but we ain't playing ball because, A, it's unconstitutional, and, B, we're not going to put our remaining boys and girls in jeopardy by going out into the streets with an eviscerated police force or an eviscerated military, which is you know, also one of this administration's goals right now. Wow. All right. Give me the kind of outline of what's going on in your neck of the woods uh, with regards to the walkout then. Yeah, let me let me get to that. So, you know, it's it's a little bit hard because without mainstream media covering it, uh, you know, you're you're left with the old school way we all grew up, which is pick up the phone and call your friend and, and get the details and the word of mouth. But as you saw from that Epoch Times article that you quoted at the beginning that came out, I think it was uh, really the evening before the strikes. I believe that was on Sunday. Uh, that reporter just did one heck of a job, and uh, he went around to all of the big companies. I'm talking the eight hundred pound gorillas on the block, Sam. We're talking Raytheon employees, Honeywell employees, Thomson Reuters employees. You know, I work indirectly with Thomson Reuters. They are one of the premier intelligence profile developing companies on the planet. So when you're trying to get intel profiles into the hands of banking institutions about who the bad guys are that are running or laundering dirty money through their branches, Thomson Reuters, that's the group on post that are putting together the facts so that, you know, institutions aren't inadvertently laundering money from the cartels or the sex trafficking mafia, uh, you know, in, in Asia. So, so the employees at all these big giants, Raytheon, Honeywell, Thomson Reuters, we got LA firefighters, we got employees at Amtrak speaking out Verizon I mean the list goes on and on and on and you mentioned were, a lot of people but you didn't even mention a single airline and the pilots are sick of it too yeah well I'm getting there because I was on the airlines yesterday I had, to, I had to fly but these employees were like you know what we've been working here 18 20 30 40 50 years in some cases and they're like this is insanity and, and we're we're not playing ball we're walking out and what we're hearing back, we're still accumulating the data, is there were significant disruptions in many, I haven't talked to all of the entities I just mentioned or the employees of those entities, many of those entities. I had pilots t talking to me about Raytheon yesterday after they got done talking to me at the airports uh, about their own issues. And they said, oh, yeah, ha, ha, you know, Phoenix went down, not a chance. Those boys were uh, not playing ball at Southwestern American. Ladies and gentlemen, this is turning the supply chain into an absolute disaster. And firefighters are simply rebelling.
It's all over the country, ladies and gentlemen. Lee Dundas continues to talk about it on Liberty Roundtable Live in mere seconds. Hang tight, folks. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, attorney at law, Lee Dundas, well-known activist for the supreme law of the land and for we the people, people-rights, is the website to pay attention to, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, Citizens' Rights, People's Rights is Ammon's group. Uh, citizens' Rights, Citizen-Rights.org, I should say. We're talking about the event nationwide, walk off the job, or I'm adding, or walk out of school, folks. Protest, rallies to take the place. November 8th through the 11th. To get updates on everything that's happening, text the word FREEDOM to 53445, 53445. So Los Angeles County Sheriff not going along. The whole epic showdown, ladies and gentlemen, between freedom-loving Americans and the power-mad elites intent on implementing their tyrannical authoritarian agendas is laid out as never before. In the sensational October issue of WND's monthly Whistleblower Magazine, it's titled The Great American Rebellion. We will not comply with COVID-19 power grabs. It ignites bold new era of national defiance, ladies and gentlemen, WND.com. But that's really just the tip of the iceberg for the walkout, Lee. 
Yeah, it, it is the tip of the uh, iceberg, but, you know, there's a lot of tips of the icebergs right now. I, I, I don't know if we got to it before your commercial break, but um, I know we were talking about the cops, but, you know, the firefighters are also taking heavy fire, uh, double entendre intended there, but uh, – it, it's um, it's really a shame because, again, we're talking about the people who keep us safe when stuff goes wrong. And I don't know if you heard this, but I was seeing out in New York, and this was a few days ago now, 31 stations were unable to be open and manned up because they just didn't have the crew. Uh, they just don't have the crew to do it when there's, you know, when they've got these mandates in place. We're seeing the same thing. I mean, nurses... Um, in, in big hospitals in Southern California, I had a, a, fr a friend went in to get blood drawn at a big old hospital. Normally takes her 20 minutes. took four hours. Phlebotomist came into the room and said, yeah, we've got half our imaging department closed because we just can't man it. And it's only going to get worse. They haven't even fired those of us who aren't back yet, but that's coming next. But I'm, I'm holding the line. This, this phlebotomist knew the, knew the time of day. We got reports yesterday. I stop me if I'm repeating myself. I, I talked to a guy yesterday, fresh out of the Army, seven out of ten active Army men and women are not vaccinated and refusing to go along with the plan and getting written up for it. Apparently, they've got a tiered system where you get a write-up, another write-up. I don't know where this ends, probably eventually getting routed out, either with a discharge or a dishonorable discharge, which just is a travesty. I mean, again, we're talking about the men and women that have, in many cases, you know, been seriously wounded, fighting for our country, fighting for freedom, and now we're going to route them out with a damned dishonorable discharge? How dare we? How dare we call ourselves a free country and treat our citizens that have kept us free, kept us safe, our cops, our firefighters, our men and women who are in the military, like we are doing now. Arizona National Guard, I'm getting calls right now saying 60% unvaccinated. As of this week, they're not going to be on the job. You don't need to be Einstein to recognize what the heck that's going to do to the border they share with Mexico and the, and the cartels that are manning up on the other sides. But, you know, in addition to that, I want to I spend a little moment here on the freight trains. We've seen how the flu, call it the freedom flu, call it the Fauci flu, call it whatever you want, how that seems to be strangely affecting just Southwest and American right now um, with the policies that those organizations have been pushing on their pilots. Today was another day like, uh, yesterday rather, was another day like that. But it now seems to have jumped industries, Sam, because I am hearing out in Northern California that there were no freight train horns from midnight of the night prior by guys who live near that track, those freight tracks, and they usually hear horns going every couple hours. 85 to 90% of folks who run those freight trains in certain regions on our side of the Mississippi, I'm talking west of the Mississippi, this half of the country, were apparently MIA. Either they were ill or they were whatever, but they weren't there. And uh, from what I understand, just one day of freight trains not rolling down the track can back things up a good month. And we have no idea if that flu is going to last longer than yesterday. Um, and I'm going to tell you something. The, uh, the you know, yeah, rail freight the 96 is hour flu from the 8th to the 11th is what I'm saying, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That's right. That's right. But, you know, freight trains, I, I don't know if your people know this. I, I certainly didn't uh, until yesterday when I started looking into, into it. But it's a duopoly, Sam, in our country, like a monopoly, but basically yes, instead of is. one company. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one company on our side of the tracks, and it's BNSF runs freight east of the Mississippi. And did you see what they did? BNSF, the rail carrier, apparently as the plaintiff, went in and preemptively sued their unions. They sued the Brotherhood of Railroad Signalmen, the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air Rail Transport Workers, Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, Maintenance Guys. These are the guys who uh, drive the trains down the track when it comes to freight and repair it so that they can run those trains down the track. They preemptively sued them. I'm not sure what the BNSF uh, employees are feeling if they were feeling flu-like yesterday. And I'm not, I'm not advocating an unlawful strike. These guys aren't allowed to strike by federal law, just like the pilots can't without doing certain preconditions first. But I'm telling you, just as a common sense kind of girl. But, but uh, hold on. Let me stop you on this pre. Let me stop you on this precondition stuff first law, though. I disagree with it, and I'm going to tell you why. I mean, I know it's the law of the land, but here's why I kind of think we need to have some um, appropriate accountability there, too. When Joe Biden holds off for two months and just leaves a press release, and then he files his documentation right before Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then says it takes effect by mandate on, quote, January 4th, there's no time for those precursor actions to take place. A judge needs right. to deal with that honorably, or, you right. know what, all bets are off with that, too. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, you, you fight fire with fire. You know, you, you want to live in a polite society? We all play by the polite society rules, but right now, this administration is not. I mean, they're forcing a kill shot and ripping apart our Constitution in the process. So, so yeah, I, I don't know how rail freight employees were feeling east of the Mississippi, back to where we jumped off, but I can tell you something, as a, as a lawyer for almost 30 years, when your employer preemptively and wrongly sues the unions that represent the working men, and they were probably already a little, you know, the natives were already a little restless on this point. Um, I think that any remaining goodwill there is going to go directly out the window, and uh, I have severe concerns. I'll just leave it there. I have severe concerns about rail freight in this country, but, uh, you know, you, you make the bed. You have to be prepared to live in it, and uh, Biden is playing a very scary game of chicken with the people who make the product and move the product in this country, and they're not having it. And they're saying, you want to play this? We're going to call your bluff. We're going to stop the trains, stop the trucks, stop the container ships, and uh, enjoy your holiday season without any of the products that Americans have come to love. Now, the trick is for America to realize you don't blame the blue-collar workers any more than you blame the rape victim, any more than you blame the people who were marching with Martin Luther King for equal access for children of all color to schools. You don't blame the people being persecuted for saying, we're not having it, we're doing a sit-in or a sit-out. You want to lay blame anywhere? You blame this damned administration for ripping apart our Constitution and putting a proverbial gun to the head of every white-collar and blue-collar worker in this nation saying you get the kill shot or you can't eat next month because we're taking your job away. That is where the blame lies. And I am here to tell you the good, hardworking people of America are rallying this week. They are walking off when it's lawful to do so and maybe even when it's not. I don't know. Maybe they're just catching the flu. But the point, I think, is going to be made. And if you haven't seen this yet, again, text the word FREEDOM to 53445 so you can get in the know, you can participate in the rallies that are going on, and you can do your part to protect our country all right lee there's several things i want to bring up to you and get your take on first of all while Fauci, while fauci's literally killing puppies ladies and gentlemen in his research 
Senator Rand Paul says Dr. Fauci needs to resign and or be fired now. Amen to that reality check. But OSHA gives workers until January 4 to comply with the mandate. Now, here's what I find interesting, though. A stay was granted by a Mm -hmm. federal appeals court in Louisiana temporarily blocking the mandate. This is the sign that we got an uphill battle going on. Um, Tennessee bans vaccine passports and protects doctors that speak out against shots. Texas towns avoid some federal mandates by rejecting federal monies, ladies and gentlemen. So OSHA now is looking for snitches to enforce vax mandates, all right? They want Karens and snitches to make this happen. Now listen to this. A study published by Qualtrics, they just happened to do an instant poll, don't you know, that says over half of employees would report a coworker for violating vaccine mandates USA Today. This is all part of the propaganda push, ladies and gentlemen, but even states are pushing back. It's incredible. Lee Dundas with me. Can you stay a little longer, Lee? I sure can, Sam. All right, stay there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business, man. The 8th to the 11th nationwide walk-off, off the job or out of school. Get involved now. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. New unemployment numbers from the Labor Department were just released. The number of Americans seeking first-time jobless benefits dropped again last week. Initial filings for unemployment benefits seen as a proxy for layoffs fell to 269,000. That's down 14,000 from the prior week's level. The Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration, or OSHA, is giving employers with more than 100 employees a January 4th deadline to comply with President Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate and threatening thousands of dollars in fines for defiant businesses. Considering an airborne virus outside of a hospital environment a work hazard is a first for the agency. Separate from OSHA, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services are issuing a rule to require health workers in facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid be fully vaccinated. The CMS rule also goes into effect January 4th. This is USA Radio News. With confusion around vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure to use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. From city streets to back roads. From road warrior to carpooler. There are some things you can always count on. Like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard. America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. Although a recount has been requested... It looks as if the governor's mansion in New Jersey will not have a new occupant. Thank you, New Jersey! 
No, that's not Bruce Springsteen, but it is the newly reelected New Jersey governor, Democrat Phil Murphy, celebrating last night after Tuesday's election results finally came into focus. It appears he has won with a lead of under 20,000 votes over the Republican challenger, Jack Cittarelli, a New Jersey assembly member. Governor Murphy celebrating. The first Democratic governor reelected in the great state of New Jersey since my dear friend, the late Governor Brendan Byrne, did this in 1977. In the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. The company Smartmatic filed separate defamation lawsuits against Newsmax and One America News Network Wednesday accusing the networks of knowingly peddling disinformation about its voting technology during the 2020 presidential election. They say a disinformation campaign harms Smartmatic's business model. USA Radio News. Lee Dundas with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about this nationwide walkout for school and work, ladies and gentlemen, about this vaccine deal. This whole epic showdown between freedom-loving Americans and power-grabbing bureaucrats has got to be dealt with. It's a nationwide walk-off-the-job or walk-out-of-school, ladies and gentlemen. It's happening November 8th through the 11th. To get updates, text the word FREEDOM to 53445. 53445. So, Lee Dundas, a couple of quick questions for you about this. Um First off, workers are quitting hotel and restaurant jobs at the highest rate on record, writes Newsmax. This is serious because we're getting into a situation where not only are people walking off the jobs now for these few days to make a point uh, and to highlight we're not going to tolerate this anymore, but literally a lot of people are just flat out checking out of the workforce, period, to where you can't hardly go out to eat, uh, you can't hardly go to retail establishments, uh, etc., this is bigger than you than we even think. Even the organizers bigger than we think. I'm convinced. Oh yeah, yeah. I know we're seeing it. I mean, I was talking uh, to some guys who work for one of the airlines that is catching the flu a lot, and uh, they said, you know, you know, I don't know if your people know this, Sam, but this is the highest ticket sales for air industry coming into this uh, upcoming holiday season ever. And we all know how crazy the day after Thanksgiving is and, and before Thanksgiving for flights. They are booked with more travel this year than ever before in the history of air travel or this planet. And they've got a huge problem because they've got side effects occurring in the in the pilots and flight attendants who agreed to get the vaccine. I mean, to the extent that EMTs are rolling out into these hotels where they, they you know, deadhead overnight or, you know, book them while they're deadheading or getting ready to deadhead it, by, by the dozens. And, you know, you got pilots going down mid-flight. And the boys who don't want this and the girls who don't want this are like, yeah, you know, apparently they're catching the flu. But the other thing I'm hearing is they're just quitting for good. The airlines, especially some of the big ones that have had unusual challenges over the last month, can't afford to lose a single pilot. And they're getting it from both ends now. They've got pilots dying, flight attendants dying or having side effects. That mean they can't fly the plane or work on the plane. And then, you know, the other guys are like, if this is the way you're going to treat us, we don't even want to see how this shakes out. We're just going to walk off and go work somewhere else. Um, and, yeah, retail, the same thing. And i got to say, it's having an effect. People need to hold the line because I walked in. I'm in San Francisco right now. Walked into a full-service nice national chain hotel down here in downtown San Francisco without a mask, without a vaccine passport. I, nobody said boo to me, and nobody even asked to see my vaccine passport card when I said I needed food. So 
a lot of these employers are starting to understand you want to enforce tyranny, you're not going to stay in business. The American people and the American workers are going to bankrupt you before they go along with this kill shot plan. Ladies and gentlemen, FDA and the CDC greenlight Pfizer's, listen to this, experimental COVID biologic for children ages 5 to 11 years old. Now, you've heard that on the news, but I got a question, Lee. I'm not very smart. If they've approved the Pfizer vaccine, which they claim they have, so nobody needs the experimental one now, they've approved it. Why are we doing an emergency for the children? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good question, but, uh, you know, it all goes back to the fact that if you know your history coming out of World War II, uh, after Joseph Mengele, one of Hitler's minions, went around experimenting on Jews and Romani and gays and, and Jehovah's Witnesses and political dissidents and people who couldn't fight back because they were being persecuted, what America and England said at the end of that is, one, we're going to hold you accountable by putting you on trial for war crimes, and if you were a bad enough player, we're going to execute you. And secondly, we're going to make damn sure this never happens again by, by putting together the Nuremberg Code, which says you can't force people to do things. You have to have truly voluntary and informed consent for medical procedures. And if it's experimental, that's a no-no. If you're coercing people into something, whether it's experimental or not, that's not truly voluntary, Sam. If you're bribing them, if you're putting them under duress at threat of losing their job, these are all violations of international, federal, and in many cases, state law. A lot of the states have books, uh, laws on the books against this stuff as well. But it's, you know, it's kangaroo court central. I've seen courts in third world countries um, that are doing a better job protecting the rights of their citizens than, than the courts right now. Although, I will say, in the last week, we, we've had a little bit of a breath of sanity with that Fifth Circuit uh, down in Louisiana going, you know what, um, there are, quote, grave statutory and constitutional concerns with Biden's little mandate, and we are staying this pending more hearings. Um, and I, I think if they hold to their guns, as they should, that that's gonna, that stay is going to be made permanent, essentially. And uh, Biden's going to have to, you know, double down and, and take it to the U.S. Supreme Court. But the reality is none of this stuff is lawful, not a single thing they're doing, and especially against the kids. And if I live long enough to see it, I am going to spend my ever-loving last time, dime, and breath on making darn sure this ends the way that Nazi Germany ended, and that is by, by putting these people who are responsible for killing Americans, people in other countries, and now children on trial for their crimes against humanity. All right. You guys are going to be at the San Francisco Bridge on Thursday? Oh, heck yes. Thank you for reminding me. And uh, every single person needs to be there if you can catch a plane ride <laughs> or a train ride. Y'all need to get there. It is going to be historic. And here's the reason, Sam. For the first time in history, certainly on, on any recent history or issues, we've got people from all walks of life coming together, united, despite their differences, on one common reality and truth, which is we're not going to tolerate vaccine mandates. We have confirmed a BLM New York speaker. Uh, Hawk Newsom is coming. Uh, we have people on the right coming. We have people on the left coming. We have obviously straight people coming. We have LGBTQ uh, people coming. We have Jews, Muslims, Christians, atheists, uh, Mormons. I am telling you, every single person now understands the enemy is the 1% elite that have banded together through pharma and tech to kill good, hardworking people on this planet. And despite their differences, 
different race, different nationality, different religions, different views on most other matters, they are standing in solidarity at 3 o'clock next to the Roundhouse Cafe at the east end of the Golden Gate Bridge. Again, that's Roundhouse Cafe. And they are saying to the world, we are united and we are going to, if we are going to live in a truly free society, that doesn't leave any room for any medical mandate, especially one that is a kill shot when you look at the numbers of people who have already died. So we're going to have great speakers there. I'm going to be speaking, Dr. Stella Emanuel, uh, Hawk Newsom, um, all sorts of other folks, survivors of communist and fascist regimes. I mean, this is going to be a, a, an epic and momentous point in history. You don't want to miss it. We've got the Golden Gate Bridge and the sun setting in the background. 3 p.m., east entrance of the Golden Gate Bridge, next to the Roundhouse Cafe. Be there or be square. Drop everything. You know you're walking out anyway. Go to Nationwide walkout.com for more details. Again, that is nationwidewalkout.com. Come join us in solidarity. Nationwidewalkout.com, ladies and gentlemen. Lee, it's so bad, this transportation problem now, whether it's ferrying people via airlines or whether it's freight via the trains, uh, whether it's et cetera, et cetera. It's so bad now. Containers are sitting around everywhere on the coast yeah. of California. And here's the headline yeah. now. Homeless Californians are reportedly breaking into backlog shipping containers. <laughs> now you've got the homeless destroying all this property that's stuck everywhere. Well, you know, let's, let's think about this. Uh, Newsom releases tens of thousands of convicted criminals from our prisons at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I, I'm talking hardened rapists who raped, you know, minors, everybody who's a bad guy and anybody who's a bad guy flooded out of our prison systems uh, and into the streets where a lot of them don't have great networks or they wouldn't have been in prison in the first place. And now they're homeless. And now, you know, because we're living in California, um, you know, they, they need to find something to do with themselves and, and they can't go back to prison because there's nobody to arrest them. You can't be arrested for uh, things like homelessness or even minor crimes like, you know, walking out of, you know, Walmart with $1,000 worth of goods. So what are they doing? They're doing what criminals do everywhere. They're creating more mayhem, more chaos, and, uh, and, and busting into those shipping containers, which is also a direct result of Governor Newsom and our stupid legislature legislature's uh, actions because they're saying, hey, we're not going to allow truckers to come into the state if you've got an older than 2011 truck or 2010 engine or whatever the rule is. So now the truckers are like, peace out. I was on a trucker Facebook website last night, Facebook uh, site. And New Mexico is doing similar stupid stuff, wanting to see vaccine passports from the truckers. The truckers like, yeah, we'll just drive around New Mexico. They can have fun getting their product without us coming into their state. So you've got literally trucks that won't come into California. You've got containers that can't be unloaded because the people who are supposed to unload them are walking off the job. And, you know, it's a perfect storm. I'm not shocked that the homeless are breaking into the containers. Somebody's bound to eventually. Um, and, and this is all again, a result of liberal lefty politics at the heels on the heels of governors like Newsom who are blue and drinking the Kool-Aid. Hey, where's Gavin, ladies and gentlemen, just wondering. Lee Dundas, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. The Nationwide Walkout, ladies and gentlemen. Nationwidewalkout.com to learn more. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lee Dundas had to fly. She's got so much going on. She's uh, quite humble, but she's at the center of this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, in California. Stand for freedom and join the four-day strike against employers forcing the vax. Nationwidewalkout.com. Or you want to get information via text, text the word freedom to 53445. That's 53445. And learn about it. And I know this is a very difficult thing. Some people are saying, hey, you know, I don't want to participate in a nationwide strike because if I do, it's just going to harm, you know, the businesses that are struggling already. And I understand that side of the discussion. But let me tell you what else I understand. We've got to do something. And if your employer is willing to stand up and not force the vax, then you know what? You don't need to walk out, right? That's my response. And you say, well, companies just feel forced. I know, but a few companies have been standing up, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, look at In-N-Out Burger. They've been standing up quite well. Are they perfect? Far from. But In-N-Out Burger has been doing a great job, right? So there are ways to stand up. And I hate to harm business. I hate to create issues. But who's creating the problem? Who is standing strong and joining the rallies? Okay. This is serious. Who is willing to make a difference? What do we do about this issue, right? It's a serious problem. And I hate to harm anybody or make any problems worse. 
I'll be the first to say that. But at the same time, I just kind of go, how do we push back? How do we let our feelings be known? We don't really have a, a, an option in the um, courts, do we? I mean, there's three main issues that are really plaguing society right now. They're front, center, whatever term you want to call it, right? <clears throat> and it's really, uh, the three things are, one, the COVID, the vaccines, the masks, the mandates, the, all, okay, the COVID, the COVID brought on thing. So the mask, or I'm sorry, the mandates are one center stage issue. They're going to make climate change a center stage issue, but it's not really there yet, right? The next one primarily is the border, right? I was talking to a friend of mine uh, last night, and she was saying that. Hey, you know what? The vax mandate, the border, those are the two biggest issues. The third one is vote fraud. Think about that. The border, vote fraud, and the vax issue. Right? The word crisis being thrown around everywhere on all three fronts, right? They say major automakers now from GM to Toyota are shutting their factories. They're warning that Christmas as we know it may not happen this year. Massive food distributor Cisco says it's going to have trouble stocking grocery store shelves. Not because of the recession of the virus, not because of the new lockdown or war, but the very, very opposite, a new threat. What's going on, you say? Well, supply chain. Now we've got a serious problem with supply chain. Where are we going to go with that discussion? And now you've got literally the government adding insult to injury on the supply chain. Pretty soon, I don't know how many restaurants will be able to stay open, folks. Right? All right, a quick update for you on the, uh, what do they call this guy's name? Rittenhouse trial you know Kyle Rittenhouse there's a big trial now shock and mission by star witness at Rittenhouse trial it stuns the prosecutors to the core here's what happened Gage Crosskritz I think that's how you say the name admits to drawing his gun before getting shot by Kyle Berlin Wyatt with the Daily Caller reports that piece so now you've got a situation where Hey, they attacked Kyle over and over. How dare you get so gun happy? How dare you get crazy? Now it turns out the star witness, the only guy that survived, said, hey, I pulled out a gun before Kyle shot me. What do you think about that, folks? Yeah, it turns out that I guess um, he blames uh, the fact that he didn't admit this before on medications and uh, all kinds of stress. But it turns out that he admits he pulled the gun and then he got shot. That changes the narrative big time, ladies and gentlemen. Big time, doesn't it? Think about that. Wow. Anyway, that's an update in that trial. 
We need to get a Charlottesville update soon here, too. I'll try to grab a, a, an informed guest on that uh, over the next couple of days. But wow. All right. Now, I mentioned to you as well that we've got a serious problem uh, with energy, with transportation, with supply chain, with now the headline says this. Glenn Beck, quote, every new car will be electric by 2030. You think Glenn Beck's right on that? I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. Would it surprise you, folks? Would it shock you, ladies and gentlemen? That is just shocking. All cars will be electric, ladies and gentlemen, by 2030. Is Glenn Beck right on that? Because, as you know, these electric cars are incredibly expensive. Uh, these electric cars are very weird, right? I mean, they're very weird, folks. They're expensive. They don't work that well. We don't have infrastructure to support them. I mean, this is disaster. So there you have it. Glenn Beck says every new car will be electric by 2030. All right, can you guys see me okay? All right, you can see me and hear me. Fantastic news. I can hear you great, Sheriff. So we're gearing up for the second hour, ladies and gentlemen, the Brighty on TV simulcast. It'll be TV radio simulcast of the Sheriff Mac show coming up in just minutes. But I got to finish uh, uh, the first hour on just radio first. But, man, there's so much to cover, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It turns out that Lauren Boebert trolls Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, she's got the tax the rich dress going on. And uh, she wears a, quote, let's go Brandon dress. Now, I'm not fond, ladies and gentlemen, of let's go Brandon dress at all. But this is what we've done in America. We've learned just to spend our time figuring out how to troll and trigger one another to the point of no return. I don't know when Ocasio-Cortez wears a dress to mock us as conservatives, then Lauren Boebert wears a dress to mock Ocasio-Cortez. Where do we go with that kind of an attitude? I don't believe in the let's go Brandon movement at all, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's a mistake. I think it brings us to a moral low. I don't think it really accomplishes anything. I don't think it accomplishes hardly anything at all. We need to be very, very concerned about this. All right. Very concerned indeed. All right, there's so much to discuss, ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to even know what news we should get to. This nationwide walkout is a big deal. You literally have all kinds of folks getting what they call the freedom flu because by law they're not allowed to walk off the job. Imagine having a law that says you can't strike, you can't choose not to work if you want to. It's against the law, right? But then what these workers do is they just simply say, well, man, I got the flu. I can't come into work, by golly. Um, the, the problem with that reality check is they're calling it the freedom flu. There you have it. All right, I also want to mention Mike Pence. He cashes in big time as he waits big money with speech offers um, before he works for the 2024 you know, possibility to be, uh, run for president. But he cashes in big money, as he's called the speak around the country. Yeah. We're talking big money. 
folks. How much do you think he should get per speech? Right? He's a person that sees himself as the future president. Yeah, he's writing books, giving speeches. Mike Pence. He's making real money for the first time in his life. We're talking six-figure speeches for good old Mike Pence now. What do you think of that? Are you comfortable with Mike Pence cashing in as he um, waits big money? Speech offers roll in. It's a 2024 uh, presidential possibility for Mike, right? But are you comfortable when, uh, you know, he's bringing in big six-figure speaking gigs? Now, I know that Pence and Trump still talk on the phone, but they – Trump has kind of avoided, or I'm sorry, Pence has kind of avoided Trump publicly, never appearing with him. Now, think about that. Now, of course, Pence has played down the Capitol attack. 100K to come speak. Could you imagine going on a speaking gig and getting $100,000, ladies and gentlemen? That's a gig we could all ask for. I, mean, I, know, I don't know how much you need to make per year, but I can speak like quarterly. Once a quarter, once every 13 weeks. <laughs> and be Mike Pence and just go ahead and get that kind of speaking fee. Wouldn't that be incredible? Then I could just do radio. I'd be making four hundred grand a year. I'd be gone one weekend a quarter, one you know Saturday or I don't know, Friday or whenever I speak, evening, whatever, per quarter. I'd be bringing in $400,000, and then I could just spend the rest of my time traveling and defending liberty and going to all the conferences and, uh, you know, reporting and doing whistleblowing and telling the tale as a nationally syndicated host as I do and more. I mean, just imagine that. Just imagine if I could get that kind of speaking dollars. Just imagine if Constitutional Sheriff Richard Mack could get that kind of speaking dollars. A hundred grand a gig. We're lucky to get enough to cover our costs oftentimes. We're lucky to get an honorarium that actually can feed our family while we're gone kind of stuff. (laughs) And this guy, Mike Pence, the guy that really wouldn't double down and have Congress dig in to find out about the election fraud at all. This guy literally gets $100,000 a speaking gig because why? Well, he just might be the top dog in 2024. If Trump sets aside, everybody kind of says Biden's a whacked out nut. Let's go for Mike Pence. Is that where we're headed? Is he the next good old boy in the Republican, quote, lineup to get the, quote, nod? Is that where we're headed with old Mike Pence? See, I think Mike Pence is a nice guy, and I think he's a Christian. But I also think he's a socialist, and he doesn't understand the Constitution. So I wouldn't vote for Mike Pence. Nice guy. Go study the Constitution. Go take Cleon Skousen's education courses. God rest Cleon Skousen's soul, but you can still read his books and get educated for the incredible work he did. Uh, but that, I would send Mike to, uh, to Constitution School is what I would do. And then let somebody who understands the supreme law and who will swear an oath and become the commander-in-chief. What about that idea? All right, hour one of the can, hour two coming up with Brady on TV in seconds. God save the Republic of the United States of America.
Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. How many times, Sam, have you heard people just call in on your show or this show or they call our office and they say, why isn't the CSPOA just getting the sheriffs in the country and going arresting the governors and the mayors and the president and the vice president and congressmen and senators, anyone who is violating the Constitution and their oath of office and are committing acts of treason at the border, why aren't we just going and arresting them? And the answer is, you do what Sheriff Schmaling has done. And this is key to all of this, Sam. Because understand, ladies and gentlemen, there are procedures. There is due process. Even if we're mad at these people, yeah. understand there is a proper protocol, Sheriff. Well, it is. There is. And it must be investigated first. And it must be done within the proper jurisdiction where the crime occurred. And yes, it's easy to say, well, the president has committed a crime all across the country, so anybody can investigate that. Maybe, maybe, and maybe not. It has to be that the crime occurred in your county. Standing at the podium at the West Wing of the White House, uh, I don't know if that occurs there or in your county. So, well, and, and the there problem, may be Sheriff, an argument both ways. The problem, Sheriff, is even if it's true that it happened in your county, a sheriff is going to want to dot the I's and cross the T's, going to want to make sure that it's solid information and evidence yes. uh, regardless. And so, a lot of the people think they have evidence when they don't, they yeah. think they have facts when they don't. They're right, it's uncomfortable. They're right, it's problematic. But you've got to do the due diligence to put it together, packaged in a way right. that'll really give it legs, that'll really give it the ability to move forward and withstand the scrutiny that's going to be brought to bear. That's something Sam, most people do not understand. As you, as you mentioned, due process has to happen, and there's a process by which we, we conduct investigations first and then go for the arrest. Folks, you have to do the arrest uh, after the investigation. There, you, you just say, well, go and arrest everybody. Well, folks, there's a proper way to do all of that, and Sheriff Schmaling did it, and he spent a year on this investigation. He had his investigators doing this, and Sam, this is the best question to ask about all of this. How is it that Sheriff Schmaling got involved in this case to begin with? Did he just create it out of thin air and say, you know what? I don't think the commissioners were right. I've heard a lot of stuff from Trump's campaign and all blah, blah, blah. And I've heard a lot of people say that there was, there was criminal activity. So I'm just going to start investigating. No, some people in his county came and told him that there were improprieties at a convalescent home for the elderly and people who are invalids and some who don't even know where they are that they were voting and that they voted and, and that about four or five people voted after they were dead. So uh, that information was passed on by a credible source, not secondhand information, but credible witnesses came to the sheriff and said, these crimes com were committed in our county. And the sheriff said, okay, we will investigate and we will let you know and we will take the appropriate action that any and all sheriffs in this country should be taking under such complaints. Wow. And Sheriff Smaling indeed set the standard for America 
and he's a rather small county. Racine is is not uh, the largest county by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it's big enough to commit vote fraud, though. But it's but he's doing his job, and you're right, Sam. And so he is investigating. He turned the investigation over and the results of the investigation over to the uh, district attorney, and he will decide uh, to press charges or to call a grand jury. Uh, and it's fine with me if he calls a grand jury. In fact, I think he should. But let's see what he does now. The ball is in his court. The checks and balances are in play. The sheriff investigates. Charges come from the county attorney. Now, let's be very clear so people understand. Sheriff Smaling is not saying uh, anything political or uh, on one side of the aisle or the other. He's simply saying, look, I was asked to investigate legitimate complaints of impropriety. I have done so. Here are the results of my investigation. Not only has he uh, filed uh, these uh, criminal questions about five out of the six um, election uh, commissioners or whatever you call them, but he also has asked the attorney general of the state of Wisconsin, Josh Call, to conduct a statewide investigation into the illegal directives issued by the Wisconsin Election Commission. Now, that is – this is just facts, ladies and gentlemen. There's no partisan in it. There's no uh, agenda or politics. Merely, I got credible complaints. I researched them. I put all the dots on the I's and crosses on the T's. I got it all together, and I'm now submitting it for review. And I'm not only calling on my people in my county to deal with this, district attorney and, and election judges, but I'm also saying – I believe this is a statewide concern. So, hey, Attorney General, can you look at it as well? This is exactly what needs to be done to not only document the problem, but broaden the scope of how widespread is this really? Sheriff? Yeah, it is. And uh, I've conducted similar investigations. Uh, when I was sheriff, somebody complained about the Bureau of Land Management, the original BLM. And they complained to me in my office, and I assigned it to uh, my uh, lead investigator in the sheriff's office, and I told him to investigate it like he would any other crime. I do not care what agency commits the crimes within my county, if it's a federal agency, state agency, local agency, or not an agency at all, kind of like what uh, Thomas Paine said. What difference does it make to me? If he who kills me or threatens to kill me or takes all my stuff is uh, from the government or uh, uh, my fellow countrymen, what difference does it make? It doesn't make any difference. And that's what we need Washington, D.C. to learn, that there's a lot more Sheriff Smalings in this country, and they better be towing the line because I believe the sheriffs are going to rise up. They already are, and they're not going to put up with the criminal activity of state or federal bureaucrats. And I love what Sheriff Smaling has done. Again, next Tuesday, he should be on the show. Uh, he gave me a big thumbs up. I hope there's no other emergencies. But folks, when you're dealing with sheriffs, sometimes these uh, emergencies are going to happen. And Sheriff Smaling is getting inundated, saturated with calls from across the world about the investigation that he has conducted. He did put us up at the top of the list. I was really grateful for that. But uh, he had something else uh, happen this morning, and we did not get into that. But yesterday, I had a long talk with him. He's a great man. He wants to get involved in 
the freedom aspects uh, that are happening today, and he wants to defend liberty. But the thing of it is, as you said, Sam, there was nothing political. This was not a request from the Trump uh, campaign or Trump uh, uh, camp. This was a request from a local citizen who wanted the truth to be known and the investigation to be conducted. Smaling took an entire year to do that investigation, and my hat's off to him. This is what every sheriff in the country should be doing. Now, let me throw out a couple of other things that I think are important and relevant here, ladies and gentlemen. Not only is the sheriff going about it properly, not only is he taking the politics out of this discussion, but he's also blowing the lid off this idea that there's no vote fraud, and everybody who thinks there's vote fraud is a whacked-out conspiracy theory nut. No, hold on. A constitutional sheriff used the resources of the sheriff's office to research and document this for a year, and now he's calling on the attorney general of his state, Josh Call, to have a statewide investigation. He's calling on a local county DA and officials there as he refers these election commissioners for a criminal complaint saying, look, I have dug into this. This is not just the, 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 the smatterings of a, a whacked out Donald Trump supporter or this or that. Or a, this is a legitimate investigation that's been complete. The results are being handed off to the appropriate authorities. Let's get it done. Now, Senator Ron Johnson, uh, he's Republican of Wisconsin. He formerly headed, by the way, the Senate Homeland Security Committee, which, by the way, oversees elections. He says that Smaling's revelations might only be the tip of the iceberg of fraud. Might only be the tip of the iceberg of fraud in the 2020 election. This is now beyond... Um, just a bunch of kooks thinking this is something. Uh, this is documented evidence and information with opening, increasingly opening investigations on this in Wisconsin. This is leadership like we have not seen um, for years. I, I would say since your Supreme Court case, Sheriff. Yeah, I would think so too. And uh, yes, and that came out June 27, 1997. So 24 years ago, that uh, monumental decision came out. And again, I would tell everyone, you need to be very familiar with that case. And you can get a Reader's Digest version, a pocket-sized review of that case at CSPOA.org. You very well should. It protected the autonomy uh, of the sheriff and the independence of the sheriff across the country. And it restored the Tenth Amendment uh, as part of the supreme law of the land. And it's the most powerful Tenth Amendment decision in the history of our country. Every one of you will be shocked as to how powerful and how far-reaching that decision written by Justice Scalia actually went. Now, I want to be very clear for people to understand also. They accuse us of saying things like, the sheriff is a god. The sheriff is a king. He can do whatever he wants. He's so powerful. Lies, 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 and more lies. Ladies and gentlemen, we believe the sheriff has tremendous authority, no question. And we believe most sheriffs in the country are living beneath their responsibility, their oath, and their privilege as sheriffs. There's no doubt about that. But we uh, absolutely insist on the checks and balances that made America great in the first place. The checks yeah. and balances that the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, calls for. And let's be very clear. We want the sheriffs to do their duty. And in the sheriff Mac case where he beat Bill Clinton to the Supreme Court, the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered in America. In that court case, it highlights that sheriffs have an independence. 
Sheriffs have a jurisdictional responsibility. Sheriffs and other state and local officials have no obligation to obey federal government mandates or edicts or anything else. In fact, every public official in the country is in the same place that Richard Mack was in back in 97 and earlier over the Brady Bill, which is, hey, we want you to carry out this mandate with no funding, uh, with no authority to mandate this for you, but we're going to threaten you if you don't. Okay, Joe Biden is doing the same thing Bill Clinton did. Different topic, maybe. One was guns in Sheriff Mack's case. The other one in this case is, uh, what, COVID mandates or whatever, or vote fraud or whatever. But you know what? The courts have rejected the vote fraud discussions. The federal government has kind of rejected it. Uh, everybody's kind of mocked it. States have tried to look into it. But this is the first real investigation with flat-out teeth in the details and a legitimate recommendation for criminal charges uh, to be filed. Sheriff, this is leadership like we haven't seen from Sheriff Schmeling. Yeah, he's a, uh, setting a great example for the entire country. Uh, I don't know what party he is. He's never told me. Uh, I don't Hold know. On, we don't he, care. I don't care. Right. I don't care. And he doesn't seem to either. Uh, and there's a lot of sheriffs that way. Uh, and as you know, we just got back from a eight-day tour in Texas, and there were sheriffs of all races there. There were sheriffs of all parties there. And I, w I told them, we don't care uh, what party you are. All sheriffs are welcome to come and learn about our duty to keep our oath of office and just what that means and how we are to enforce the Constitution uh, in the execution of our jobs as sheriffs. Sheriff Smaling is showing America how to do just that. And some of these sheriffs that say, well, we have to enforce all the laws. In the article that you and I were talking about from the Washington Post that appeared on MSN, in fact, I, that's how I learned about the article, I get a lot of my news off the computer uh, because I don't want to, I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm too busy during the day. Sometimes I have the TV on in the background to make sure I don't miss anything or I'm checking uh, the markets or whatever and I want to see what's happening uh, every now and again. I'll have it on, but I really get my news off of MSN uh, on, the, on my computer. Well, I was thumbing through MSN and there appeared my picture with three sheriffs uh, from Nevada. Hi, Sheriff. Uh, at the rally in Elko. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was, wow, okay. So what's what's this about? Well, indeed, it was the article written by Kimberly Kindy from the Washington Post. And now I've had five different reporters from the Washington Post just in the past two or three years that have all interviewed me about this. And I, I don't know why we don't stick to the same ones. And two of the reporters were in uh, the Woodlands in our Texas convention in February, two of the reporters from Washington Post. I said, if you guys are gonna say stuff about me, why don't you get to know me and find out? Why don't you actually ask me? And he said, well, we were going to try, we were gonna ask you if we could attend the convention in Houston. And I said, sure, you're welcome to attend. There might be a time where you're not welcome, but you're welcome to attend. And it turned out that they uh, ended up uh, taking a list of our attendees off the table as we were breaking down after the convention, after we were packing up. And my son, uh, Jimmy, and Ryan, uh, Tanya's son, uh, started playing good cop, bad cop in front of the, the two reporters. 
and said, we're going to, we're contacting hotel security right now so that we can look at their security camera and find out who took the list. And Jimmy was totally accusing the two reporters from the Washington Post of doing it. And then they, they left. The Washington Post reporters left. The whole convention was over. They were talking to different sheriffs and other people and me and some of the people that helped with the conference. And then lo and behold, Sam, about five minutes later, one of the reporters walked back to where we were standing right near the entrance to our convention hall. And he gave us back uh, the list of everybody attended. He literally stole the list. Well, and I he basically took a picture of it. And he basically they stole said, the list. He basically said, I don't know how this stuff got mixed up with ours, but we wanted to return it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's but, what it was. But you know, the best part though, it is on camera though. Yes. Yeah, it was. Okay. So we never we never checked after that. We never checked with hotel security. It might have been because of COVID that it wasn't even working. It was half the hotel wasn't yeah, even working. Because the cameras get COVID. Not, nothing happens with COVID. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and and uh that was a just a few days after the big freeze in Texas when everything was shut down because of the freeze and we thought our convention was going to get shut down by either COVID or the freeze or Trump or both or all of them. And so, you know, you got to find somebody to blame, but they were very gracious. Uh, and this was at the Woodlands resort and uh, they really made it happen for us. And it was a great conference, but. And, but and by the way, it was after the cold snap. So it was actually pretty nice weather there. And we had brush yes. fires of freedom going on though. I'll tell you right now. Yes, it, it was. So and, I walked so, over to the WAPO reporters and tried to get those guys to do an interview with me uh, on my radio show, and they, um, well, they respectfully declined, Sheriff. Yes, well, they're smart. <laughs> hey, now, they can come on the radio and talk about the, the greatest country on the face of the earth. But come on now. I wish they would. I, I, I want to talk with these people. A lot of people say, well, don't talk to them, you know, and I, I, I'm telling you right now. Why not? I do not turn down interviews. I do not turn down interviews even from the Southern Poverty Law Center, even though they very rarely talk to me before they assail me or tell the world that I'm a, a domestic terrorist or whatever, which is so stupid. But regardless of that, I will do, I don't turn down interviews. What they do with the truth that I tell them is up to them. All right, let's have a quick pause. This is an amazing company that has sponsored both of us. And this is a way to have backup communications when the grid goes down. Well, the situation became problematic, Mike, with the New Orleans, uh, the latest uh, hurricane, because people panic. And this is one thing that I've learned from being associated with the satellite phone store for over a decade. People will call and order 600 phones at a time. What? It's like this, Mike. Any time there is a crisis people want these and ladies and gentlemen they've created a such a good deal for uh mike's uh, viewers my viewers our combined viewers that this is the only way you're going to be able to communicate and that's the other beauty about these phones is they can't track you because it's not talking to a cell tower it's talking to satellites you know orbiting uh, over the equator so sat123.com folks IGF. What is IGF? It's the substance that's naturally found in your body. It does things like strengthen your immune system. It promotes 
lean muscle gain, healthy weight loss, restful sleep, energy, clearer thinking, all of the things that make men men again, right? But the older we get, the less our body naturally produces the IGF that's there. Go to keystolife.shop right now and do the research on IGF. The IGF-1 spray that they have there is exclusive to keystolife.shop. Now, this is something that you spray in your mouth three times a day. It actually tastes really good, too. Uh, And this is going to boost the IGF levels in your body. So go to keys, the number two, life.shop. You're going to get buy one, get one if you put the product on auto ship. You can cancel anytime that you want to, but I would recommend that you try this product for at least three months. I'm on my third month and just now seeing tremendous gains. All right, so go to keys, the number two, life.shop. Again, keys to life.shop. Check out the benefits of IGF-1. What does it have to do with deer antler velvet? Go to keys, the number two, life.shop. Make sure that you mention Stu Peters when you go to keys to life.shop. Tired of being canceled? Join us on Brighteon.social. Get social with us, Brighteon.social. Get the latest news. For the best news of the day, go to Natural News, www.naturalnews.com. Sign up for email alerts, world bombshell reports. It's information warfare. Get the news you just won't hear anywhere else. And grab a copy of Mike's nine-hour audio book. It reveals all. How to Survive the Global Reset by Mike Adams. Live, the sheriff back show continues, ladies and gentlemen. Hard hitting talk, the good sheriff. Yours truly on your radio, or on your TV and radio, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. We simulcast the sheriff Mac show on libertyroundtable.com. It's the second hour of my six day a week radio show on the Sabbath. We rest uh, because of the pandemic, it's been incredible for the constitutional sheriff, but they mock us uh, in the Washington Post like nobody's business. They literally, I mean, you talk about a Rush Limbaugh drive-by media attack. This fits the bill. Sheriff? Uh, and uh, we love the article done by WND about Sheriff Smaling, and they've done a lot of uh, support articles uh, for the constitutional sheriffs across this country. And Sam, let's make this real clear. There's some sheriffs around the country, and you have a few uh, in your state, that uh, are, are kind of negative about the CSPOA. And and that's, that's fine. Kind of? Everybody... Everybody's everybody's entitled to their opinion. But this is the thing. There's not a single sheriff in this country that can say that I've tried to recruit them to become a member of the CSPOA. Not a single one. When sheriffs are running for office and they ask for our endorsement, we tell them CSPOA does not endorse, but I do and I will. I have a requirement. If they want my endorsement, they must first be a member of the CSPOA. They don't want to be a member, that's fine. They don't have to be. But I will not endorse people who are not members of the CSPOA, period. That's my thing. And most of the time, those are not members. Those those people aren't even sheriffs yet. They're candidates, okay? If there's an incumbent that's running, he has to be a member of the CSPOA 
to get my endorsement. Because first I have to know that he's willing to be a constitutional sheriff. I'm not gonna endorse anybody who's not willing to do that. And so if they join the CSPOA, I know they're willing to do that. So that's it. But current sheriffs, there's not a single one of them that can tell you I've done that because that's not the important thing. As a matter of fact, folks, CSPOA is not the important thing. It's an avenue. It's a means to an end. It's and a support. End, well, yes. And the end is what we're after. And that is, we want you to keep your oath. We want you to defend the Constitution. We want you to defend the people in your county and make sure that not a single one of them is ever victimized by the state or federal governments. Never. And that's our job. That's what we promised to do. And that's all we're after, Sam. I don't care if you're uh, you're a, a, a patrol officer in, in Timbuktu, Colorado, or you're a sheriff in Bangor, Maine. I don't care. What we want in this country is for people to be free and for their liberty be, to be protected at every level of government. And when that fails, the sheriff is the ultimate protector of the people and he must defend them from all enemies, both foreign and domestic. And that is all we are after. Ladies and gentlemen, the CSPOA acts as a clearinghouse for information. The CSPOA acts as a support for the proper role of law enforcement. The CSPOA is a training organization to help sheriffs understand their duty, live up to their honorable position, and to carry out their responsibilities according to their oaths of office. In other words, according to the constitutional mandate they've been given. And I find it funny in this WAPO article uh, written by this lady, you know, she kind of mocks this constitutional sheriff idea as if it's a polarizing discussion. And my response to her would simply be this, Sheriff. If every elected official in America swears an oath to the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, why do they do that if it's polarizing? And the answer is it's not polarizing. It's America. And the only people that are making it polarizing are the people in the media and the people who don't want to uphold their oath. Yeah. Well, that, that's uh, lamentably true. And... You know, we we have uh, the, this one. They mentioned she mentioned two sheriffs in her article, and both of them uh, said that they intend to be constitutional sheriffs. That's great. One of them said, uh, I believe it was Lomax or yep. Shelton. Anyway, no, Lomax. That's uh, right. He said, I intend to enforce the laws. L A W S. Well, I wish that the reporter had. Uh, Asked him more questions about that. What do you mean by that? Because we define that and we train about that at uh, every one of our CSPOA seminars. The question is, what laws do you enforce? And do you understand the definition of a law? And is is there such a thing as a law? If you read uh, Marbury versus Madison, one of the first Supreme Court cases in, in American history uh, that dealt with this topic, said that any any statute does not qualify as law and that any law that's uh, contrary to the constitution is null and void on its face and of no force. And so what laws then is that good sheriff talking about? And according to our oath of office, 
we have sworn a sacred solemn oath in God's name that we will enforce the Constitution, that we will uphold and defend the Constitution. So are our state laws superior to the Constitution, our traffic laws superior to the Constitution, our DUI laws, DUI checkpoint procedures, is um, the drug law, are the drug laws, are they superior to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights? And I maintain that if you look at Cattaraugus County and Lander County and Elko County and Lyon County and some of these other counties, Elkhart County now, if you look at them, their whole intent and Sheriff Bob Songer in Klickitat County has made this very clear to everyone in his state that if you're violating the Bill of Rights, if you're violating any of the, any of the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, that they will take action against you. And like Caritas, uh, Cattaraugus County said, the people of Cattaraugus County deserve to be free. So we're making ourselves a Constitution County. And that's, that's the leadership that we're really trying to have happen all across this country. Now, let me let, make this very clear, Sheriff, because I think that the answer to that dilemma is uh, referred to in the court case where you won in the Supreme Court, yes. uh, where uh, Antonin Scalia asks this question. Hey, Sheriff Mack is put in a dilemma. He either keeps his oath of office or he obeys the president of the United States. This is an unsolvable problem if it weren't for. And then he explains why and how it's solvable, which is exactly what we teach. Yes. And, and Sam, this is maybe almost trite to say this, but it bears repeating. In the United States of America, liberty comes first. If you're a patrol officer, liberty is your main responsibility. If you're a chief of police, if you're a city council man or woman, if you are a sheriff, if you are a county attorney or district attorney, if you're a governor, it doesn't matter. Your job in each branch of government, no matter which branch you are a member of, your job is to put liberty first. The protection of liberty and civil rights and God-given rights, that is our job and that is our mission and that is our sworn duty. And this is why I absolutely love what these constitutional sheriffs are doing nationwide. Sheriff Chris Bowen in in Oregon has put his governor on notice. Uh, what a horrible governor she is, but he put her on notice and said, your ridiculous mandates, uh, those orders are not laws and the emergency is not over. And you self-appointed dictators keep trying to push the envelope and make the emergency continue so you can keep your position as a dictator. He said, it's not going to happen in my county. Don't think that your orders are going to happen in my county. They're not. And you need to rethink what you're doing because it's wrong. And see, Chris Bowen, a powerful sheriff, small county in Oregon. And Sheriff Songer, small county in Washington, telling his governor the same thing. Now I want all of you to imagine this. And Sam, I know you've done this before. Imagine if we have a thousand. 1,200, half the sheriffs in the country, 1,500 sheriffs that are doing the exact same thing. You know what happens if we get that, Sam? 
liberty happens and the restoration of our constitution happens and America will no longer be under the siege of corrupt politicians in Washington, D.C. Now, in the drive-by shooting article from the Washington Post, written by Kim, ladies and gentlemen, she says two things that I want to address that I think are really important. She says a lot of unfair things, makes a lot of unfair allegations, but there's only a couple that I really want to highlight today. One of them is she calls Sheriff Mack a cult hero. <laughs> uh, and then she talks about his followers. And my response, Kim, to that would be, to all the people that read your articles, would they call Kim a cult hero? Because they religiously follow and, and drool over every word you write, don't they, Kim? So, see, we can we can do a turnabout's fair play on this. Kim is literally a cult hero, ladies and gentlemen, to the WAPO readers. Do you see how that dishonesty starts? It's not true. People believe in Richard Mack because he stood up for what was right, and the courts vindicated his efforts and stopped the former president of the United States, Bill Clinton, from violating our constitutionally guaranteed, God-given gun rights. All right, That's reality. He's not a cult hero or a cult leader. He's merely a good guy that stood up, and we commend him for it. Now let's move forward and train others to do the same. That's what the CSPOA is about, to become a member, CSPOA.org, okay? But that's number one that I want to address, Sheriff. Do you want to respond to that? Uh, no, that's perfect. I think that's uh, that details it exactly, and that's how I feel. And uh, I, I, when you first said cult, when you quoted her, say, what cult? What's the name of it? Who are they? I don't. I, I could not even begin well, it's to the answer Kim cult. question. It's the Kim cult, and you just got to go to the, um, the WAPO to, to read her articles. Okay. I would really encourage you to be very careful when you read, though, not to get brainwashed by Kim. Ladies and gentlemen, don't do not do that. Uh, the second thing they say, which I find fascinating, is that the term constitutional sheriff is very polarizing. Again, I reject that. How is keeping one's oath of office polarizing? How is the supreme law of the land political or polarizing? And the answer is it's not, and she knows it. And if it is, how do we avoid that? How do we uh, obey the supreme law of the land but not be political? Can somebody answer that question for me? Well, I would I would love to not play politics with the Constitution. I would just love to put it where it's supposed to be, and that it's a supreme law of the land, and that it should be enforced by every member of, of the legislative branch, of the executive branch, and of the judicial branch. We all have the same ultimate goal, but we have different assignments and different avenues to stay in. And just as... Uh, Justice Scalia quoted the Federalist Paper 51. He said, uh, the different governments will control each other. And that's how we protect liberty is because we have three different branches of government, maybe four if you get into that argument that the people are another branch, but uh, or the states, or and the states is like the 10th Amendment says, uh, the powers are retained by the states or the people. The states and people being quite equal in power is the way the 10th Amendment reads. But folks, this is what we need to understand is that all three branches are to protect individual God-given liberty. Whatever happened to our civil rights? What happened to it that now if, if blacks were told back in the 50s and 60s that they had to wear a diaper on their face and that they all had to be vaccinated, would that not have created a huge outrage among all of us? especially the Martin Luther King followers. But now that it's 
it's universal and it's for everyone to be abused in such a manner then then everybody's supposedly for it well i'm not for it and i will never be vaccinated and i'm not wearing a mask again and uh, yes i will wear a mask on a plane so i can get from point a to point b but i'll tell you right now airlines people i do not put it over my nose and during the flight i don't even have it on for about 80% of the flight because I'm, according to your rules, as long as I'm eating or drinking, I don't have to. So maybe that's why I'm gaining so much weight because I eat peanuts and and uh, <laughs> Cheez-Its <laughs> all across the country when I'm on your flights. And yes, you will see those items in my carry-on bag. I have food to eat because they don't provide enough so I can be eating and drinking the entire time that I'm on that flight. And that's what I do. And that's what I've continued to do. And there's nothing they can say about it because it's their own rule. Um, you know what he even does as well? He drinks raw milk, ladies and gentlemen. So oh, look out. This is oh, serious, man. Don't even say that. Man. All right. Let me tell you one other thing I want to bring up about her article. She makes this um, reference or inference that we are anti-government. Yeah. Okay. And I want to take this head on, Kim, and anybody else that makes that claim. What have I ever done? I've been on the radio for 25 years, nationally syndicated, Sheriff. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. You've been in the media for just as long, if not even longer. Right. And I look at this and I go, what have you or I ever said or done that is anti-government? We advocate for the supreme law, the land, the Constitution. We advocate for the checks and balances. We advocate for upholding the laws. We advocate backing the sheriff. We advocate, what have we said or done in our whole public, political, whatever you want to call it, careers? I don't think they're political, but you know, okay. What have we said or done in any way that's anti-government? I challenge you to find one. Well, they could certainly find a lot said about both you and me uh, about corruption in government. And it, they well, really- that's not anti-government. Yeah, I know. But they really are. They're confusing the two, and I don't even think it's confusing. They're trying to make it one and the same. But are they against corruption too? I, is, you would think, isn't Kim against think, corruption in government? Yeah, you would think they would want to say that they are, but they're not. Because I confronted, uh, especially Stephanie, who interviewed me with uh, Mother Jones. I confronted her. I said, do you support this kind of corruption? Why is it the hypocrisy of the left is always supported by you and your mag your magazine or your newspaper? Why is it that the Washington Post does not call out IRS corruption or government corruption? And the one I hit her on the hardest was how is it that the left has screamed for decades that uh, it's my body, my choice when it comes to killing a child in the womb? But when it comes for me to be vaccinated, that no longer applies. I said, that kind of hypocrisy is what you and your magazine uh, have endorsed and supported. We at the C CSPOA condemn all violence. We condemn all hypocrisy and corruption in government. I love the government that was established in the United States of America as per our constitution. They don't. They they detest a lot of the founding fathers, and they detest the Second Amendment, and they detest freedom of speech and the right to peaceably assemble. They think it should just be according to what government says. 
But where have we ever advocated against the supreme law of the land? When, where? You name me a single time and you won't find it. No, you won't. Uh, I'm against criminality in government. I'm against criminality wherever it raises its head. I don't make exceptions for anyone. If you commit a crime, be investigated just like Sheriff Smaling did. I hope you're investigated and I hope I hope that you receive the proper justice in a court of law. That's what I hope. I don't care who you are. If it's the people who trespassed the United States uh, Capitol building, I hope that you are investigated and that justice, according to your case and what you did wrong, any crimes that you committed, I hope you receive the proper justice. What has gone wrong with that investigation is that they have gone after people who did not go in. They've gone after people who tried to keep people from going in. And they have gone after people who did go in and have not allowed them due process. And they've also gone after people like us, uh, in by inference, putting us in the dragnet, the snare, suggesting yes. that we are associated or backed uh, that violence or anything else. They've, they've basically used the dragnet against us all wrongfully. But I would yeah, say and this- when they found out that I told people not to go and that I did not go myself on January 6th. Oh, and by the way, one of them asked for me to get uh, the information on your show where I told people not to go. And I said, I don't think I put it out in an email to our to our membership. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But she but she needed that in a day because she was facing a deadline. I said, no. Yeah, so I respond to Kim and say this, though. We granted you an interview. Now grant us one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good idea. We yeah. granted you an interview. Now grant us one. Yeah, because I would love to be on with Cuomo and Don Lemon or Don Lemon, however you say it. I'd love to be on with all of them because I want to tell the truth to those people. I want to see if they can. You even want to go on with Piers Morgan, don't you? Wait, say that again. You want to go on with Piers Morgan, don't you? Yeah, Piers Morgan. Yeah, I take him on anyway, any of them. I don't care because I want to tell these people the truth. I want to see if the truth will ever touch their hearts. If if they are if they are e- even a glimpse of honesty left in their body, I want to touch that. I want to touch that part of their heart. And and I think some of them are good people. They're just misled. And in order to keep their jobs, they have to lie. I want to ask them. I want to ask that reporter who interviewed me. Do you have to lie and do you have to paint things with a left brush? I want to ask. Out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining the Sheriff Show. God bless you all. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, 
But I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live on Liberty Roundtable. Simulcast with the Sheriff Mac show, ladies and gentlemen. All kinds of cool stuff going on. We're going to have an incredible guest, a good sheriff, but he couldn't make it. Had an emergency. But we talked a lot about this Washington Post article and this lady named Kim that wrote it for the WAPO. It's really a drive-by attack piece like you wouldn't believe, ladies and gentlemen. And a, a good friend of mine, Tanya Benson, who, um, well, she works with the CSPOA with me. And I'm the operations manager of the CSPOA. She's really like Richard Mack's executive um, assistant. And she does a great job. And she took the time to write down notes about Kim's column uh, that I find riveting. She did a phenomenal job. And I want to bring them to your attention. So uh, Tanya says this. How do you find these terms used in your article? Far right-wing extremist. Anti-government group. CSPOA rhetoric. Unwanted federal regulation, cult hero, Sheriff Max ideology. Those kind of terms, ladies and gentlemen, are scare words. They're buzzwords. They're dishonest sideswipes, ladies and gentlemen. They're immoral, unnecessary, unwarranted, uncalled for attacks. Okay? Then she says, Kimberly, in your opening remarks... You give constitutional sheriffs a polarizing label, which you claim that remo- that refers to a group of sheriffs that believe that their ability to interpret the law is above any federal or state authority. How did you decide to use the term polarizing label? Why are you calling this movement polarizing? Is that simply your opinion, or do you have facts, evidence to support this? Otherwise, it's biased. It's not fact at all. It's a it's a it's an editorial piece, not an objective interview. Okay, sheriffs who argue that their um, ability to interpret the law is above any state or federal authority, even the president. Where's the reference for that? It's a biased statement. It isn't true. Sheriffs don't believe that at all. Now they do have a lot of latitude in law enforcement. They can decide not to give you a ticket if they want to, right? They can also decide they're not going to carry forward a mandate uh, like the Brady Bill. And then they can also decide to stand tall and go all the way to the Supreme Court with the President of the United States who thinks they're wrong. And guess who's right? The sheriff. Guess who's wrong? The President of the United States. Go ask Anthony Scalia. God rest his soul. All right. They say that sheriffs are capitalizing on anger. How are these constitutional sheriffs capitalizing on anger? Constitutional sheriffs are doing what they've always done, which is uphold the supreme law of the land and keep their oaths of office. Okay, then she says that people echo the CSPOA rhetoric. What's the CSPOA rhetoric? That's clever language that sounds good, but it has no meaningful context. What language or rhetoric is the CSPOA guilty of? All we teach is the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the Oaths of Office, right? It's grossly misleading to call it rhetoric. In fact, you should apologize, Kimberly. Uh, this is Tanya Benson and her incredible uh, rebuttal, if you will, that I'm 
uh, encapsulating on the radio. Just great stuff. Good work. And they say against unwanted local, state, and federal regulations. Unwanted or unwarranted regulations. You see, a lot of these regulations aren't just unwanted. They're unwarranted. The Brady Bill was unwanted for sure. But it was unwarranted. There was no authority by the president. Ask the Supreme Court if you don't believe me. Kim? Sheriff Mack won. It wasn't that he was wrong. It, it, it was that he obeyed the supreme law of the land. Then she says this. Sheriff sees the federal government, these constitutional sheriffs, see the federal government as a very threatening force. How about stating instead why the sheriffs and the people think the federal government seems threatening? Then she says sheriffs are playing an outsized political role. In other words, that they're just capitalizing on politics to make themselves larger than life. And what Tanya says about this is, where do you get that? What evidence do you have for that? Your article even takes a side trip alleging sheriffs single-handedly impeded police reform. Where do you get evidence of that? The power that sheriffs have been able to amass? What are you talking about, Kim? Constitutional sheriffs don't amass power. Their job is not to seek for power. Their job is to pull it down and create accountability. All right. The Anti-Defamation League to date calls these groups anti-government. When you call an anti when you call an organization whose message is derived from the Constitution, an extremist group and an anti-government group, where do you get that a, a viewpoint? Nothing they have done is anti-government. The the pandemic was a boon. To right-wing extremists. What do you mean by those statements? The pandemic is not good for anybody, right or left. And when you say right-wing extremists, what's extreme? The supreme law of the land? I think not. The Constitution is not extreme, ladies and gentlemen. Those who want to mock us for upholding it as the supreme law of the land, they're the ones that are extreme. Anyway, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Thank you, Tanya. Benton for your incredible prose on this. Great stuff. We granted Kim an interview. Let's see if she'll grant us one. Shall we? All right. Two hours of the can. LibertyRoundtable.com. LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally. Spread the word. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>